0: Well, good morning. This is Angela Payton from Grace Through Faith Worship Center, and I just want to invite you today to come and just enjoy the time that we're going to have uh, today with uh, doing intercessory prayer and just praying for the nation, praying for our children, praying for our families, praying for any situation uh, that you find yourself in uh, that is contrary to the word of God. And begin to focus our energies on Jesus. You know, so many times we as Christians, the last thing we want to do is to pray. And it just shows the level of flesh that we have allowed to enter into our lives where it's an option to pray. It's an option to to, to find time to pray. It, It really is... As I began to reflect, even on this week, um, and I just began to see how we as Christians are just as fearful, um, if not more so than the average person that doesn't know Jesus. Um, we have, we assault, but we have lost our Savior. We have lost the the objective, the intent for which we do exist. And so it's it's discouraging, it's, it's, it's disheartening, and even when you talk to other Christians, you find that they are almost, I don't know, it's just almost as if they're offended when you even bring up the topic of, well, how much time do you spend um, with the Lord? How much time do you spend praising the Lord? How much, Time do you spend uh, in prayer and in the Word? Uh, you, you know, some of us haven't even picked up our Bible in the first in, in January. I mean, in a heartfelt way. And um, you know, people say, "Well, why are you criticizing?" It's because it's not criticism; it's concern for your welfare and also concern for. Um, what is right before the lord and 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 what is right um when we find ourselves in these situations i think that even when we make excuses for uh situations that you know even responsibilities that you may have you know somewhere along the line you need to accept the fact that you know just to just to uh make sure that you're understanding that just because you have responsibilities does not negate that God needs to be first in your life. And I think what we do is we make excuses for things and then try to uh pacify our conscience with saying, well, you know I had to do this or you know my situation. Well, you know what God knows your situation too and he also knows your heart. And he you can't fool God. He knows um our our heart. He knows when we are sincere and you may be able to fool people or other folks, but you can't fool God, and he's He's the one that deserves our heart. So, Lord, I just pray for repentance of the Christians, of the Christian community, and those who are just everyday Christians, where we have have strayed from putting God first in, in our heart, in our lives. You know, it, it, when you have a hard time picking up the Bible and reading it, you're, you're far from God. You're far from his presence. You're far from um just receiving from the lord because you your heart is hard towards the things of the lord and um it's not soft and tender and yes we're all quote busy but how busy can you be when you can't stop and praise the lord something's wrong with that when you're too busy to stop and praise jesus when you're too busy to stop and 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 read a scripture really i i, I was just just wrestling with that today, and people say, "Well, you're a pastor." You're... No, I'm just a Christian that's serving other Christians. But we all are supposed to serve other Christians in the community. So we we don't nobody gets off the hook for that. And, and quite frankly, you don't grow in your walk with Jesus by not serving the body of Christ in whatever form or fashion that may turn out to be. If you're not serving in the body, if somebody asks you to clean up or do things, and you're just not a giver, you, you all of a sudden it's all about you, um, you need to check yourself because it shouldn't be all about you. You should be giving. You should be a giver. You, not just your finances, that's great, but also of your time and energies. You know, when you see something that's not right, you know, years ago, when I was in the church, if I saw something not right, if I saw people, I still paper on the floor, I don't walk past the paper on the floor. I pick it up, and it's just amazing to me how we can make excuses for not being good Christian people, and then we wonder why folks don't want to come to your church or come to the look. The basic things of being kind-hearted, of of loving people, of being compassionate. Where has that gone? Excuse me. I mean, just things when I was growing up, my mom taught me some etiquette with people. When you walk in the room, you acknowledge their existence. You say hello when you come into somebody's house. Um, and I find that really odd. It's just strange to me. It's weird. And it's not godly. And we should call people on the carpet. You should you should have a heart and say, Hey, how are you doing? How's things going? And not be selective about who you speak to and when you come into the church and and just it's just ridiculous. I, I just find it quite strange, and, and I just, I'm just i just throwing it out there because, I mean, I've been in big churches, and I've been in small churches, and I've been in all kinds of churches, and I, I tell you, sometimes the Christian folks are the worst people, and then they wonder why people don't want to come to Christ with them, because you don't have no love in your heart. You should be demonstrating the love of Christ on a daily basis. People should say, there's something about her that she just likes people. She's just in love with folks, and it should just show on your countenance, it should show and it's just amazing what I see on a daily basis, and also um, just just people just not being kind-hearted and loving, and just uh, tender-hearted. And that's God. He wants us to be like that. So Lord, I just pray for the people on the phone. Anybody's listening, or who's who's not listening, it doesn't matter. I just pray, Lord God, that we have a heart for people. We love folks. But first you have to give us the love that we need for ourselves, Lord God, not that we are just lovers of selves. the Scripture says that in the last days we will be lovers of selves, and that's what I see in the body of Christ. I see everybody for themselves, and they're religious. They play this religious stuff. But really, when you get down to the nuts and bolts of it, it's just not going to cold any water with the Lord when it comes to people because people are not fooled. It's like children. Put Children are not fooled by who likes them or who doesn't. I tell you, you can you can play games with everybody else, but kids kids will give you the straight and narrow about your attitude, about how you carry yourself, about how you you know don't speak to folks, don't say nothing. I don't know, the attitudey stuff is just weird for me, and it's it's just it's just it's just annoying because you know we supposed to be the body of Christ, and we're not supposed to have this attitudey thing on us. Um, when we're related to people, and especially people that you don't know the Lord, how do you think they're going to come to know Jesus if you're if you attitude It just don't it make sense. and um and, and we should cut it out. We should love folks. We should be concerned about other people. Yes, you may be going through some things, but you should be able to say, well, how are you doing? And not in a condescending way where you really want to poke at somebody. See, that goes all the way back to character. And when you don't have the character of Jesus, then you want to um, be offensive or create strife in a church or do the- God is not going to elevate you to anywhere when you have all that foolishness going on in your heart and your head. You really need to repent and say, "Lord, I want to treat people um, like they should be treated because I-, I want to say you want to treat people like you treated but if you're not being treated right or you don't know or, you know, your past history has, has been such that people didn't treat you right, you need to get on God's agenda and find out how he treated people. And I never heard seeing Jesus mistreat people or not speak to folks or just, just act weird when it comes to people. And then you there should be no expectations to... to uh, to receive anything or be able to give anything or impart to anybody because you're just not friendly, just not open, your heart's not open, and you just uh just you just need some help <laughs> just need some help and god, let god love pour on you, and then that attracts love love will attract people, and it's easy it's real easy. I do it every day. And it's real easy because you love people. You don't sit there and ask them, well, why are you ask about my day? I ask you about your day, and I sit there and I look in the eye, and I'm concerned about you at that moment. Okay, and so we need to we need to step it up. We need to say, hey Lord, what what ways do I have that are not pleasing to you? Because if you smell and stink, people are going to stay away from you with your attitude, with how you relate to people. Um, and you just need to learn learn how to relate people in a personable way, like they exist and that they matter. And God's really concerned about that. So that was on my heart this week because I just love people, you know. I just love on people, and, and it, it works, and it's easy. And if you ever want to evangelize or win masses for Christ, you just got to go there. And if you're not there, the results won't be there. Because it, it, you have to love people. You have to be step out of yourself and, and be concerned about people. And it's not about doing something for someone. It's just sitting there looking them in the eye and being concerned about what's going on in he- them, what's going on in their head, what what what's going on with them. Personally, and how can you in any way assist? Mm-hmm. It may not be nothing more than just praying for someone, but you know, it's just it was just heavy on my heart this week. I said, boy, these Christians are so selfish, and people are just doing their own little thing, and then you know, they being religious by reading the Bible, doing whatever. But God's not God's not impressed with any of that. He's not impressed on Sunday morning. I think Sunday morning is probably just the lowest on the totem pole. But um, mm-hmm. as far as just impressing God. You 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 the one need to be in church. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, so people just like I can't come to church, but it's it's for your benefit. It's not for God's benefit. He's God. He they, he don't need anything. It's for your benefit. He created church and fellowship for the believers for you. Excuse me. It is for your benefit, but if you don't see it as a benefit, then it's your heart that's in trouble, not God or the people that decide to come. And I know it's a general rebuke this morning, but I just felt to the go there because some people feel like you doing you're not doing nobody a favor because you decide not to come to church, or you decide not to fellowship. God created the church and the fellowship for your benefit. Not for his benefit. He's God. He has a thousand angels in heaven ministering. And nobody's going to get offended if you don't come. Why should they? They're there. They're getting their knees met. It's just shame on you. And that's how I look at it. I said, you know, people, um, you know, they they think that you're not doing anybody a favor. You're doing yourself a misfavor for not coming. And I think God is his grieved he's grieved not because he's wounded at heart, but he's grieved because he says you're gonna need that. You're gonna need that fellowship. I even had situations lined up for you with with the fellowship that you didn't hear that word that would encourage you. And so I just admonish you, it's for your benefit. It's for your benefit. And and some of the the, the, the simplistic things of the gospel that we that we don't do hinder us in our walk with the Lord. And we should repent. Yes, repent for not doing what God has called you to do. And those basic things like reading the Bible, reading your word, fasting from time to time, putting God first, and when the doors are open, choosing. It's your choice to do so. Choosing to be among the brethren and fellowship, and um, striving with the community. I think so many people are offended at churches and this and that, what they're not doing. And I sit there back there and I said, "Well, what are you doing? It's what you're doing that matters. Don't don't put a finger at what someone else is not doing or what somebody is trying to do. You, what are you engaged in in a hands-on way?" To support the church, to support the fellowships, so it's your heart that needs to be touched and changed, not anybody else's. And 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 just just a just a just a, a gentle rebuke on that because that is so so key when we think about the church moving ahead with the agenda that God has. It's His church. It's His uh, field not yours, not any bishop, not any pastor, not anybody. And we can be a part of that and have a good attitude about it, or we cannot, and it's just a character flaw in you, not nobody else, in you. And so we all should be striving to do all we can um, to ensure that the body of Christ um, progresses and grows in love and, yes, we'll have issues, but you don't want those issues to to override what God is saying at this time because, quite frankly, he's moving on with his agenda with or without you, and that's just a fact. So we have to recognize we can be on the right page with the Lord or we can be on the wrong page. And where our heart is not right, we just need to repent. Amen. I don't know why I'm going down that road, but obviously somebody needs to hear that. Okay, so that, that's something that was on my heart, just the lackadaisical attitude of the church and members and people in general, and and then we wonder why we end up in situations and circumstances, because you created it. You, create, you created that situation and circumstance, and then sometimes, quite frankly, you have to be patient that you get through it. And when you do get through it, you should just praise your, you should be praising your way all the way through it, even though it may seem harsh and hard at the time you may be going through situation, circumstance. But God is always there. He's always there. He's always been there. But what I'm saying to you is we should we should be Christians to have a cheerful countenance and where you don't say Lord help me so that I am worshiping you and worshiping you and praising you through it. Through it. Worshiping you and praising you through the situation that I find myself in and where I can give of myself I am going to give. I am going to give of myself. I'm not going to uh play uh a pity party about my situation, whether I put myself there by wrong choices or not. It's it's for me to step out of the box and say, Lord, I need you. So, Lord, I just pray for the person today that just needs to hear that. They just need to hear that, you know, there's certain things that you just require of us, and if we would obey, then things will go well with us. And you have pathways for us to be successful, and when we don't, you tell us to come to you and to forgive, ask you for forgiveness, and we are to repent. Repent from my heart and say, Lord, I don't want to be like that. I want to change. I want you to change my heart. Lord, I don't know how to do that. I never was told how to do that. I don't know how to love people. I don't. I wasn't loved when I was young. I wasn't loved when I was a child. But that, I don't want that to be an excuse, Lord. I want to learn how to love people, so teach me, Lord. That should be our refrain. Teach me, Lord. Some things I don't know. Some things I don't get it. But, Lord, if you would just teach me. I'm open and my heart is open, Lord. My heart is open. My heart is open. Amen. And we just need to have a humbled heart. We need to continue to be humble before the Lord and have that humility before him and be teachable and and be able to learn from the Lord. You know we're always not going to get it right, but we we should be should we should have a heart to get it right and so that's where pride comes in when we're just too prideful we're just too prideful we we know it all and we got it all and and so there will be no movement in your life because you, you too too much pride is 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 filtered in to that, and so we just need to learn to not be people of pride we We should be people who are humbled before the Lord and have this sense of humility before the Lord. And so when you humble before the Lord and this sense of humility before the Lord, you're always going to win because you that pride stick in your head, but that pride stick won't resurrect and cause you to make all kinds of bad choices that you other not, otherwise would not do. Amen. So, you know, some couple of things that the Lord just laid on my heart is to pray for uh pray for the nation, and we're going to pray for it. We're going to pray for wisdom and guidance, and and I'm not going to get into too much of anything other than we're just going to pray for the nation. Lord, we just lift the nation up before you, the children, the people here. Lord God, we thank you for all the good things that you are doing, oh God, and we just bless the nation and the people in it, Lord God. And we ask you for your goodness and mercies, Lord God, to continue to follow us, Lord God, because we we know that you know all things in advance. You already know, God. You know our beginning and our ending. And we thank you, Father. Just Just bless us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Another thing that the Lord has put on my heart this week was to talk about hope versus faith. Hope versus faith. And, you know, we have to understand that God is a God of faith. Faith in his word and faith in what he is asking us to do. Faith that we have to step out of the box. And faith is, is um. let me go to the scripture. I think it's in Hebrews. We'll go to it. But the Lord really put on my heart, are you are you hoping something's going to happen are you, are, or are you in faith? And we have to realize we have to be in faith. We have to be in faith. He said if you want to please him, You have to be in faith. If you want to please him, you have to be in faith. You cannot please him outside of faith. You cannot please him outside of faith. And so he's not wanting you to hope things are going to get better. He wants you to know that things are going to get better. Amen. He wants you to know that things are going to get better. And you have to walk, to be obedient to the Lord, we have to walk in what? Faith. In Hebrews 11, it says, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the thing we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. For by faith, trust and holy favor Born of faith, the men of old had divine testimony born to them, and obtained a good report by faith. We understand that the worlds during the succession successive ages were framed, fashioned put in put in order, and equipped for their intended purpose by the Word of God, so that what we see was not made out of things which are visible, prompting, actuated by faith, Abel brought. God a better and more acceptable acceptable, acceptable sacrifice than Cain because of which it was testified of him that he was righteous that he was upright and right standing with God and God bore witness by accepting and acknowledging his gift and though he died yet through the incident he still is speaking and it goes on it says because of faith in Enoch was caught up and transferred to heaven. Can you believe that his faith transferred him to heaven? That means he didn't even die so that he did not have a glimpse of death and it was not found because he was not found because God had translated him. Look, there are some situations where you know, we if we have this faith and the Lord he just transferred he just transferred. So the Lord was just speaking to me. He said, you, we have to stand in faith. Our faith must prevail. We can't look at what's going on around us and crumble under the pressure. And crumble under the pressure. We have to fight the good fight of faith. That means that the enemy would like to steal your faith. He would like to steal, kill, and destroy the faith that we have in the Lord Jesus. And what we have to understand is that we cannot live on hope. Hope is wishing something would change. Faith is knowing that it will. And so what I'm praying to you, to um, what I'm saying to you is today that we cannot be wishing things are going to change faith requires action faith is walking in that direction where we know that God has said something to us we hear him and that we're moving in that in that direction we're moving in that that direction we're moving in that direction when we understand that we're walking in faith and the lord just ministered to me and said Sometimes we think we're moving in faith, but we're moving in fear and maybe in hope. Fear is running the opposite way. It's saying God cannot handle the nations of this world. God cannot handle what's going on. God cannot handle my situation. It's too much. I'm overwhelmed. I need to stop. I get into the flesh and then the enemy is able to defeat you. Some of you are just fighting the good fight of faith where he's asking you to hold your ground. He's asking you to hold your ground. Look, if God's called you to a ministry or he's called you to a business or he's called you to... You know, whatever your vocation is, if he's truly called you to it, you have to sometimes fight the good fight of faith in that area. If he's giving you a dream for a business or a building or or whatever it may be, you have to plunge in and fight the good fight of faith. You know, when I first went to college, you know, I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. My parents did not have any money and it to pay for my college education, and there was no expectation on my part that it would get paid for it by them. Now, some people, their situation, financial situation is different, and I'm not talking about that. What I'm saying to you is I had to go to college, I wanted to go to college, I desired to go to college, and I had to step out in faith, not knowing how it was going to get paid. Some of you are in the same predicament where you, God has given you a vision or a dream, and quite frankly, you don't know how the finance is going to come. But if you let that deter you from moving ahead, then you're in fear and maybe in hope, but you're nowhere near faith. And so God is saying to you today, walk in faith. Walk in faith. Begin to do those steps that would ignite the fuel that you need to move into your destiny when it comes to your dreams, your visions, and things that God has. Every anybody can tell you that you can't make it, that you can't make it doing your own thing or doing your own business or doing uh, your vocation. Anybody, any naysayer can tell you that, but no one can toe the line and do the hard work it takes to be successful. They're not, they're not honoring the vision that you have in your heart. And they're, quite frankly, you don't need to be around people who, who all they are are negative. They, when you look at their life, you can't compare it to anything because they're negative. They haven't aspired to anything. They haven't obtained anything. They don't have any discipline. And then they, they don't have a right to speak into your life about what you can and cannot do. You don't speak, you don't tell people a vision and they don't have vision. you don't talk to people who haven't been successful um and how they're gonna help you. You go talk to people who are successful who beat the odds and who have challenged challenged things and have been successful. You hang around those people, you don't hang around folks that's that's poorer than you are or struggling like you are or worse, they're not going to be very helpful to you because they don't have faith to get out of their situation, so they can only pull you down. I'm just telling you what's, what's for real. And the Lord is just saying you've got to watch the company that you keep. Some people insist on hanging around bad company. When you hang around bad company, they are eventually going to rub off on you. It's just a matter of time. You, it's just a matter of time. You can't hang around with certain people and expect to go anywhere. So I'm just I'm just speaking from the heart that the Lord is saying if you want to move out in faith He's right there willing ready and able to move with you, but where you're going and where He wants you to go cannot be um, where you're hoping that things just change. You're gonna have to put some fire to what you're doing some action to what you're doing and then believe God and things will open up for you. They just will, and I just believe that Lord we want to be women and men of faith, and one that will honor your word. And where we don't know and where we may be confused, you are a God of clarity. There is no confusion in the Lord. If you're confused, it's you. It's you and your lack of entering into the things of God so that you are no longer confused. Sometimes we're confused because we're hanging around the wrong people. We want to be Christians and go with God, but then we want to hang around with people who are doing something totally opposite, dishonoring to the, the name of Jesus, and expect good results. It just won't happen. It just won't happen. You're just fooling yourself, and you're wasting time. So many people I've seen, I said, wow, why have they been in this situation for 10, 15 years, and then you see somebody else, they're just accelerating their life, things are just popping. The Lord said because they refuse to do some of these basic things. Like when I tell them don't hang around certain people, they insist, so they stuck. You know, and, and they wonder why they're not accelerating the things of God. But I, the Lord was just saying, if you just would be obedient in the small things that he would ask you to do, you'd be surprised how your mind will open up to new ideas, how he will give you things, how he will share with you his heart and not folly. Some of us are falling folly. It's not, it's just not reality, you know, some of the ideas that you have. It just won't come to fruition. It's just time-wasting. But the Lord was just saying, if we were move in faith, we will move in faith, you will see some phenomenal things, that he will show you some things, and it will be clarity. But if you want to play games with the Lord, you're only playing games with yourself. You're only playing games with yourself. It says a foolish heart, you know, a foolish heart. And we don't want to be foolish. In these last days, we don't need to be foolish. We need to be wise. And I just pray for wisdom. For those who are on the line, um, just pray for wisdom. I pray for wisdom for each and every one of you right now, that you just ask the Lord for wisdom. And go back to the last thing that God told you to do that you did, you despised and refused to do, rejected the Lord, didn't want to have nothing to do with the Lord in that area. And sometimes that's where we got stuck. For some people, we and and then some things you cannot recover. You can't go back if you went down the wrong road. You can't go back, so you just have to ask the Lord. Lord, just forgive me. I repent, and then He creates something totally brand new, a new pathway for you to move in. So there's no there's no reason to lose uh, traction. You may have lost some time, but the Lord said He will He will um, He will um, multiply your time. It's just a question of your heart being right being a heart that's repentant, being humble before the Lord. He he cannot deal with pride and so if you are prideful about anything, if it's your hair, your figure, your color, you can't go nowhere with the Lord because you got these hang ups and stuff that keeps you hung up. And and I just wonder, I said, Wow, why Lord said, if you're just humble before me, if you humiliate, be uh, the hum hum humility Humility means willing to be humiliated for Jesus. Then there's some things that you will just God will just show you. He will show you so many things, and He will share with you His heart, and you'll be friends of the Lord in a sincere way. And He does want us to do that, but some of us are just too strong-willed. We got too much of us going on, and that's the first thing you see. I see some people Christians. First thing I see is them. I don't see Jesus. I see Oh Lord, that's all them. And then somewhere along the line say, so, Oh yeah, they do know the Lord. Well, you know what? It would it would be nice if people would walk right into you and smell Jesus when they see you. But if they smell see your bling bling and see everything else other than Jesus, then you got some work to do. You understand what I mean? When you open your mouth, people should see and hear the name of Jesus. If nothing else, before, if they can't see it from your exterior, when you open your heart, when you open your mouth, they should hear Jesus. But so many times we hear everything else than Jesus, your persona. When people see you in that, your persona, there is just something about you that draws them to you. And it should be the power and presence of the Lord. So I'm just encouraging you today. I'm just saying let's step it up as Christians. Let's not be like everybody else. You know, I was just blessed the other day, one of my colleagues said, I want to come to Bible study with you. You know, swing by and get me. You know what? I said, well, Lord, I may not be doing everything right, but I'm doing some things right. You know, when people say, well, just come and get me. Come and get me for Bible study. I was I was just, it just warmed my heart because I said, you know, I have been uh, witnessing the people and just sharing the love of God and just loving on people. You know, there's a time and a place to not maybe do that, but I don't know in the Bible where Jesus did it. So you just learn how to love on folks. Those, you Speak to people. Ask them how they're doing, anything I can help you with. That's just the Christian way. And when we're doing something other than that, we should expect those results. People to reject you. Exactly right, to reject you. They they, they don't have time for that. They want people to, who want to help them. They ain't got time for folks that want to turn their back on them or not treat them like they're human beings or just just indifferent about someone. We should, if anybody, should, should, should be able to exhibit kindness and love. I know all of us have a, a, our moments in a bad day, but we need to get to a place where, look, I'm going to let Jesus shine, and I'm not going to let the enemy get the best of me and my attitude or anything else, and I'm going to love people because that's the way you draw people. People will come when they see family, they're gonna come when they see lo- the love of the Lord. They're coming when they find Jesus and see Jesus in you. They're coming. Don't have to ask. Don't have to beg. You just people just just there. And we just need to step up our game. That's all. We just need to step it up as Christians. All of us do, including me. All of us do. But you know, I try to step back and let God be be number one. I don't. I don't. You know, the way I was raised, we were always hospitable. And my mom always raised us to look out for the other person, and it may seem simpleton to some people today. I hear, hear even the younger folks saying it, but you know what? I'm I'm so I'm I, you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being naive at times, and maybe not getting it where other people may be trying to get over on me. Because you know what? At least I have the heart of God to do people right and not to do people wrong. You know what they thinking on their end is their business. And they had to take it up with God. But I know on my end, I don't have no evil intent towards people. And you want to have that heart. And you say, Lord, help me. Even when people offend you or hurt you or say bad things about you, to your face or behind your back, you just say, Lord, I bless them anyway. Because, see, the end is coming. And nobody's going to escape death. And we have an opportunity to, to witness and share the love of Jesus with people. We need to. Because everybody is on an expiration. Nobody wanna hear that, but you know what? It's happening to you. You going you getting old, you're not you're not you're not getting younger, you aging like everybody else, you got uh pains and aches and things that's telling you tick tick tick, your time is coming too. So, you know, in your youth when you're in your teens and your early twenties, you know, you don't feel a pain, but you hit thirty, you're gonna feel a few. And it's just telling you time is ticking, time is ticking. And so you just be cognizant of that. We can ignore and push it down the pike and act like we're going to be young forever, but the fact is you're not if you're going to be here on this earth. And so we need to seize the time and recognize what time are we and how much time do we have left and how can we push and, and propel the gospel of Jesus Christ and yeah, I'm all for exercise and running thousands of miles and all that, but the fact of that body is has an expiration date. And you may live to be 90, but why you living to be 90? What are you doing for Jesus? What are you doing for Christ? What are you doing not only to preserve your body, but preserve the the the, the body of Christ and your soul and how are you pushing the gospel? Look, who wants to be here till 90 or 100 years old? Well, I guess you do. And have not done anything with all that time to help promote the body of Christ, are you serious it just It just boggles my mind. Who cares if you live to be a hundred some people jesus was Jesus had a short term of living to be thirty, but he impacted the world. three years of ministry. goodness sakes, let's wake up, church. let's wake up. let's wake up. Let's wake up. We want to be here on earth making impact on a daily basis. Not just I'm healthy and so well yes, God wants us to be healthy. He don't want us to be sick. He don't want but if you're not impacting the kingdom for Jesus, I, I mean I'm just trying to understand. So let's let's get our priorities straight. And let's be balanced. I'm not saying being, not being balanced, but what I'm saying to let's get the priorities straight, that we are here left on earth to help impact and influence the body of Christ in a tangible way. And every day that we here, we want to do that. That's why I'm doing the blog talk, because I just want to share my heart. I want to share what God has for you. And, This has been more preaching than praying, but it just needs to be said that sometimes our priorities are out of whack and we need to ask God for balance and to help us, help us to see what is important, what is our motivation, why are we here, and what can we do to expand the body of Christ. And we do need balance. I'm not saying we don't need balance, but at the end of the day, I think God will be pleased knowing that you pushed the gospel, knowing that you got people saved. No know, hallelujah. Knowing that, you know, people on your job are just just knowing that Jesus exists and he lives because, you know, you just you you just you just need to hear the heart of God. He's for soul winning. He's for souls. He's for souls. He's for souls. And we have to stop making excuses for not doing what God has called us to do. So Lord, I just lift up everybody up on this phone who is listening, that God really wants us to go after souls, winning souls for Christ, bringing people into the kingdom. There is no excuse, and we need to stop making excuses. And so, Lord, we just thank you in advance, Father, that you would give a heart for souls, that we would be soul winners, that we would praise the Lord. I had ministered some man, he was... Um, um, I was in my car, and and time I see somebody begging for money, if I can get a hold of him, I do. And not just minister, I say, you go to church? Did you, did you accept the Lord? Did you know Jesus? And he was just as raggedy, it a little raggedy muffin. But you know what? I knew he knew the Lord. I said he's going to go go be with Jesus, because I said, are do you are you saved? I just ministers. I say, do you know Jesus? You are you know he was begging. I gave him a few dollars, and I blessed him, and then I said, do you know God? Do you know him as your Savior? And he said, he said, ma'am, I do. And I said, God bless you, sir, because if you don't, we're going to get this straight right now. And that was while I was in a red light. That was the longest light, but I just believed that God had me the opportunity to minister to that young man that he needed to know Jesus. Amen. And so our hearts should be softened to minister to those that we can and let them know that Jesus is real and that God is on the throne and that whatever God says goes. He's the one that has the final word. And so we don't need to be discouraged. We don't need to be in fear. We need to turn off the radio, stop listening to all this uh, propaganda and get on our knees and pray and believe God. He was God eight years ago. He's still God today. Amen. And we need to get on our knees and begin to pray and cry out to the Lord and put him first in our lives. And supernatural things are going to happen. Lord knows it's going to happen. And so we just need to to hold on to our faith and not be in hope or fear and understand that God is here. Father, I just thank you right now for anybody that has needs today. Lord God, whether they're financial needs, Lord God, I just pray that you will touch their heart, that you will meet them, Lord God, at the point of their need that you know that they have needs, and that you want to meet those needs. Amen. Excuse me for one minute. Okay, I'm back. Lord, you know what needs that they have. You know the needs that they have. And, God, you want to meet that need. Whether sickness, you want to meet that need whether it's a financial need, Lord God, someone needs to pay their rent, you you know those needs, Lord God, and we just lift them up before you. And we ask you, Lord God, to take care of every need. Some people have been waiting for some things for a long, long time, but you are a faithful God. You're faithful, and you haven't forgotten them. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord. We praise you and we honor you. In all of our strength, Lord God, we just come to you, and we thank you that you meet every need. You're a God of the supernatural, and we believe that. We believe in healing. Father, for anyone who needs healing, we just receive it. Every, You know, I was reading, even your brain, when it gets damaged, goes off to heal itself. Our body is designed to heal itself. But you know what? When we believe in miracles, see, see that? And that's why people talk about healing, healing, healing. I can't understand that when in the natural, our bodies, when it gets cut, it goes off to healing itself. And so we can easily believe in healing because it's just supernatural. It's just, it's just God accelerating that healing process. And in some cases, doing it instantaneously, which is a miracle. So even if something gets injured, your body goes off to heal itself. Even in your brain, it goes off to healing itself. So we don't need to be fearful of anything the enemy is trying to put on us, whether it's sick all kinds of sickness, diseases, your skin. Your skin, it gets cut. It, it goes off to healing itself. Amen. And so we can be assured that God already put put in us the healing agent to heal you. It's already there. It's already there. It's already there. Amen? And that's encouraging. It is encouraging to know that God is already the author and the finisher of our faith, and he wants us well. He said, by his stripes. He said, by his stripes we are healed. He said, I took that on. I took it on. So why are you limping? Why are you hurting? Why are you allowing the enemy to to destroy you when I took that for you? He said he took that. So we don't have to take it. Amen? So I just encourage you today, and I'm going to close out in a few minutes. I'm just going to encourage you today to take, he said, he said that by his stripes, you just need to repeat that, He did that. He did that for you by His stripes, by His stripes, by His stripes, by His stripes, by His stripes. I am healed. And another thing that the Lord put on my heart is to memorize Scripture. Put it in our hearts. Because if you're memorizing Scripture, there is no way that the enemy can take it out of your head or your heart. It'll just come up and just bubble up. Amen. We want to be people who can listen and hear the voice of God and hear him in season and understand that he is a living God. Amen. So I know I talked a lot, but I, I just need to get some things off my chest because I, I, I just some things I just shake my head. I say I don't know why, but I understand that when we are disobedient Christians, the enemy is always going to use that against us, and he always is going to use it. Uh, uh, to his favor, because he's a legalist. He said, "Well, if you stepped on this line, you're not supposed to step on it. Then I get to do whatever I want to do." But the Lord says, "No, we can call, we can, we can, we can plead the blood of Jesus, and it will rest." But we don't want to be in that situation. We just want to be obedient. We want to be obedient to the Lord. We want to walk in love. We don't know how to walk in love, and we see things, see stuff in us that says something else then we need to cry out to the Lord and say, I'm not a loving person, but I want to be Lord because in your word you are. And if I said that I want to be something different, then I'm being rebellious. Why do you want to be a Christian and then can't love people? Well, they're going, people are going to reject you because people don't want to be bothered with nobody that don't love them. They just don't. And if you don't get it, then that's you. You you just don't get it. But God is a God of love. He went to the Samaritan, women, to Samaritan woman at the well. That's love. He didn't have to do that. He's a, he was above that because he was a Jew. And so we have to understand if we're going to reach people for Christ, it can't be because we're snotty and got our nose up in the air. We have to be real people who people can relate to and love them. That don't mean we wallow in in their sin, but we don't have our nose up in the air like we, we're we better than them. How are people going to be drawn to you? You know, I had people in my cubicle yesterday, three or four people in my cubicle. You know why? Because I love on people, not because I'm the greatest person in the office. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, you know, on the exterior people. And one lady said, it's just something about you, you know. And I said, you know, it's Jesus. That's something about me. But you know what? I said, you know what? I had my days too, but at least I had people who were comfortable enough to sit down and talk to me and I'm not talking Jesus. I'm just loving on them as human beings, and they're drawn to that. They're just drawn to that. The people need love. People need love, and God said if we're going to draw the nations the people and get people saved, it's going to be by that love arm. So I'm just praying, Lord, for every Christian that's at the sound of my voice is going to listen to this broadcast, may not listen to it now, they may listen to it later on, but, Lord, turn up the love knob on their life and allow them to just love on people. Because the time is short, just love on folks. Don't matter, they honory or whatever. Just love on them anyway. And God will show up and draw men unto you. And it is an easy feat. It's not a difficult task. It becomes difficult when we allow the flesh to rise up and not love on the people of God. Amen. And not love on the people of God. And and when we exhibit that, we should not expect anything other than folks not coming. See, people want a warmness there. They want gentleness. They want people concerned about them. And when we exuberate that stuff, it can only draw people. It only draws people. It only can draw people. So that that's just a word from the Lord. And if we decide we want to love, then things will go well. If you decide you want to be hateful and mean and stuff, things ain't going to go well because it just God is a God of love. And so, if we can't love people in a tangible real way that makes sense for them, um it's one thing to go get stuff from folks. You always get people that go do stuff for you, but it's not just about doing stuff. It's about sharing your heart with someone saying, "You know what? I think you you just you just all right. I like you. I love you. You 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 and they need to hear it." Need to hear it, and they also need people to show it. And God loves you, so why you can't love someone else? So anyway, it is what it is. And so I know that for me, I can I share on the element. I don't. It's not a person I don't speak to. And if I can get a hold of them, I see something going on. I say, Are you okay? Is there anything I can do to help? And I say it with some sincerity. I'm not trying to pry anything, but. It's just showing the love of God, and people are open, and they share, and you can minister, and it's easy. It ain't even hard. It's hard, and some why it is. Well, because you're hard-headed, and you don't want to do it right. And and God is not, and people are just not going to fall for the okie-doke. They don't want this to sit and hold a chair and warm a seat. They want somebody that cares about them and loves them for real. And so there's little etiquettes and things that we just say, Lord, I don't know how to do it, or, or Lord, I don't want to do it, and, and I believe the Lord will touch your heart, so you want to do it and can do it. I, I just believe that, but it starts with a a, um, a level of humility, and when we have pride, then God can't help you with that. If you're prideful, he can't help you. So anyway, I'm off on this. Um, I'm I'm going to close. Lord, I thank you for for your goodness and your mercies. I thank you for your healing. I thank you, Lord God, that you will just show up and show strong, Lord God, even in our services tomorrow, people will come, Lord God, that you will just love on them, Lord God, that we will love them, that we will hug them, Lord God, that we will hold them dear, and that we will they will know that we care about them. And so, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the love of God. It's the abroad in our hearts, Lord God. And as we do that, Lord God, we know that you will show up and show up strong. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Enjoy your day. God bless. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Uh-huh, in my dentist's office.